Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Hey, Holly. Hey, Carol. You know what we're going to do? Uh, I think we're going to do something related to a fairy tale. A very grim fairy tale. So we're going to start with a disclaimer and warning. Mm. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. No real animals were harmed in the telling of this story, Holly. It is, after all, a fairy tale. Okay. But um, I do want to warn our listeners once again, this story has violence. It also has some death, mayhem, ghosts, evil spirits, profanity, and nudity. Oh, my gosh. So are you going to do a, like, is this going to be a serious, scary telling? Or is it going to be kind of a funny one like we normally do? It's pretty scary. Oh, okay. So everyone be warned. This is actually going to be a scary version of Fireside Phantoms. But do we, are we really ever that scary? We kind of are kind of funny. Well, I'm hoping my next grim story, the one I'm going to do, is going to be dark and scary. Well, I had to investigate this grim fairy tale with the story title called the boy who went forth to learn what fear was. And in my research, I found that this story was featured in the first edition of Grimm Fairy Tales in 1817 and was then called Good Bowling and Card Playing. That doesn't sound very scary, no, does it? No, it's kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> so you can also find it published under other names in further editions, as it has also been called The Boy Who Couldn't Shudder, and um, the title, The Boy Who Wanted the Creeps. And for my purposes, I'm titling it The Boy Who Wanted the Creeps. And I like I'm that one. Yeah. I'm happy also to announce, listeners, Holly has agreed to read for several characters in the tale. Haven't you, Holly? I have for Fee, which you and I have not discussed yet. And she hasn't even read the script yet. Nope. But I just forwarded it to you. <laughs> I hope I can pronounce all the words. Oh, you will. <laughs> this is the beauty of editing that we have Josh for. Thanks, Josh. So let's begin. Okay. It starts out as a simple tale of sibling rivalry and parent favoritism. The father has two sons. The eldest, Franz, is perfect and makes his father very proud. He was a level-headed boy and was able to do many tasks well. The younger boy, Fritz, has always questioned everything the father asked him to do, saying, But why, father? How come, father? And was unable to understand the simplest of skills without a bunch of questions. He was very inquisitive to the point of being utterly useless because nothing got done with his constant need to have everything explained at nauseam. Whenever people in the village ran into the younger son, they would all shake their heads at his odd personality and apparent lack of intelligence. Pointing their fingers at him, they would gossip, Poor Fritz, he'll always be a burden, that one. Tis a shame for his father. The older son, Franz, got stuck with all the chores, but his father noticed Franz was afraid to go out at night to run errands. 
If he asked him to go fetch something, it meant Franz would have to pass through the cemetery in the old churchyard or some other frightening dark alley, and he would answer, Oh no, please, father, I just can't go there at night. That place gives me the creeps. Indeed, the cemetery was known for unusual sounds of screams and ghostly moaning. Lately, there was a community board filled with photos and descriptions of missing kids. It was reasonable to be afraid, after all. They did not live in the nicest area of town. Many evenings, families would gather outside around a campfire and listen to their favorite ghost podcasts, like Fireside Phantoms, (laughs) of course, and true crime shows like Murder in the Rain. They would even tell their own scary tales to each other as a regular pastime on warm summer evenings. Everyone would share in the experience and exclaim with fright at how the stories would send shivers up their spines. Everyone but the younger brother, Fritz. He would just sit and listen in the corner but never understood the fuss or why it was scary. They are always saying it gives them the creeps, but it doesn't give me the creeps. People die all the time. It's as common as bird pooping from the sky. And ghosts? I think it's probably just a trick that I don't understand. He would look at his older brother's goosebumps and see him shiver on the warmest nights and just wonder about it all. One day his father noticed how big Fritz was growing and called him over saying, Listen, Fritz, you are growing quite big and strong. There must be some skill you can learn in order to help out with the bills around here. Just see how hard your big brother works and how busy he is with everything while you are just sitting in the corner pondering nonsense. You are hopeless. What am I to do with you? Oh, wow, Dad. That's quite unfair. I am certain that if there is something for me to learn, I can and will gladly learn it. I have been thinking of all the things that interest me that I would like to learn about. And I would like to learn about the creeps. I have no fear for anything, and it puzzles me why I'm different from my friends who are scared of every little thing that haunts the night. His father sighed and answered, Well, you are still young, and there are plenty of scary things you will experience soon enough, but that is not a skill that will help you earn money. Franz was also listening and laughed out loud, but kept his thoughts quiet. My God, my little brother is such a knucklehead. I will never get a break. It will be solely up to me to support our family. A few days later, the church sexton came by the house with a notice of an early curfew the police will be enforcing for anyone under the age of 18. The curfew time will be announced by way of ringing the church bell every night at 8 p.m. More children were being abducted, and it was the hopes that instilling the curfew will help keep the youth safe from harm. Franz and Fritz's father said his older boy Franz was almost 19, and his younger boy just one year behind Franz was too dumb to venture out at night. All he does is sit around the house and mumble about stuff like the multiverse, crypto crap, and how Cheetos turn his fingers orange. I have had enough. When I asked him what skill he would like to learn in order to support himself, he replied saying he wants to figure out how to get the creeps. Isn't that absurd? Well, the sexton replied, that's easy enough. He can learn about that at the church. I will make a man out of him yet. Yeah, good, but 
Wait a second. What exactly do you mean, make a man of him? Don't worry. Just hand him over to me, and I'll smooth out his rough edges. The father thought briefly about how he had always kind of been a softie with Fritz, and he did agree the boy could use a stronger hand. Come with me, Fritz. I have a job for you, said the sexton. Fritz soon found that, among sleeping on a small bed too short for his legs, he now had the task of ringing the church bell every morning, noon, and at the curfew hour. After a few days had passed, the sexton woke Fritz up at midnight and told him to go climb up the rickety stairs to the church steeple and ring the bell. But it's midnight. Why? said Fritz. People are sleeping and it doesn't seem right. But the sexton had a plan to teach him all about fear. <laughs> and he secretly went ahead of him up the stairs. Fritz, half asleep, stumbled up the staircase and went to pull the bell rope when he noticed a figure standing at the top of the stairs across from him, dressed in a white painting cloth. Hey, you, who's there? He yelled out. But there was just silence and the ghostly figure stood frozen. Answer me now or get the hell out. You have no reason to be here. I need to ring the bell. The boy was again met with silence, the figure not moving an inch. What do you want? Fritz called out again. If you don't mean me harm, you better answer me now or I will throw you down the stairs. But the sexton kept very still and thought the boy would surely not get violent with him. After all, this was a sacred space and the bell tower was still part of the church. Fritz called out one last time, and without any response, he quickly jumped at the ghost and pushed him down the stairs. The ghost toppled all the way down and lay crushed, unmoving in a heap. The boy, satisfied with the distraction gone, turned back and rang the church bell, waking up the whole damn town for no reason. But he quickly went back to bed and didn't wonder too much about anything, because he was pretty tired. The sexton's wife, now awake from the ringing bell, went searching for her husband. After worrying for several hours about his whereabouts, she went to wake up Fritz, asking him if he had seen her husband recently. No, replied the boy, but there was something or someone standing across from the bell, and when he refused to answer me or go away, I thought he might be one of those ruffians the sexton was warning me about stealing kids in the night. Anyway, yeah, I sensed the person was up to no good and pushed them down the stairs. I really am sorry if your husband was playing a prank on me. I had no idea. You should probably go check and see. Gosh, I hope I didn't kill him. As it turns out, the sexton was lying unconscious at the bottom of the stairs and had some major bruises, a broken leg, and a concussion. Once the wife got him situated and attended to, she rushed to the boy's home and yelled for the father to come out. Please get Fritz out of our place and take him back. He threw my husband down a flight of stairs and could have killed him. Fritz's father agreed to go back to the church and talk to Fritz, and he asked him, What in the name of all that is holy did you think would happen when you pushed the sexton down the stairs? What kind of evil are you under? Your rash violence is from the devil. He must have put you up to it. Father, calm down, Fritz replied. Listen to me. I am completely innocent of fault. 
He was just standing there, unmoving in the dark, like he was plotting to do something very bad to me. I had no idea who it was, and asked him three different times to speak to me or go away. He could have been the kidnapper, don't you care? But his father was mortified and told Fritz to get out of his sight. You will never be anything but a burden to me. I don't ever want to see your face again. Fine. I will leave here and go my own way, but I just need to sleep the rest of the night and I'll go tomorrow at daylight. I am excited to leave here anyway and learn how to get the creeps. I will know a trick or two and then you will see, Father, I can earn a good living. Whatever. Learn what you want. I really don't care as long as you leave us all. Here is $500. I know you probably want it in crypto, but I find that to be stupid and useless like you trying to get the creeps. Hopefully, you can get a room or something until you find employment. Just don't tell anyone your family name or mention us because you have brought us nothing but shame. Sure, Father. I won't say no to your money, but you being ashamed is all I have ever known my whole life, so things won't change much for me. I can easily bear your words. Goodbye. So long. Farewell. And give Franz a hug goodbye and tell him to grow a pair, will ya? <laughs> and with the sunrise, he put the money in his jacket and started hitchhiking up the main highway out of town. After a while walking, another man came up behind him and overheard Fritz mumbling about, if only I could get the creeps. Having a traveling companion was nice, so they walked together for a while and came upon the site of the gallows. Hey, the man said to him, do you see that tree over there in the distance? That is where seven men were accused of unspeakable acts, and now they're all learning how to fly. You should take a rest under the tree and wait until tonight. I promise you that fear will be known to you. You will certainly learn how to get the creeps, the shivers, the chill of terror so awful, you will not be able to stay until morning. Well, that sounds easy enough to me, and I would love to learn how to get the creeps, said Fritz. So you shall have my $500 if that is true. Just come back here tomorrow morning. The man agreed, and Fritz sat beneath the trees and the gallows, making a nice little campfire as he waited in the cold. But the night grew even colder, and at midnight the wind started howling. He could not keep warm and noticed the wind was knocking against the hanged men, making their bodies swing back and forth, hitting each other and making a rhythmic sound. It was hypnotic, a soothing beat, and Fritz suddenly felt very sorry for them, knowing how cold they must be up there in the trees. If I am cold sitting here by the fire, then you guys must be really cold. So he found a ladder nearby and climbed up, untying all the men, and lowering their bodies down to the ground. Fritz got up and stirred the fire, encouraging more warmth to blow in their direction. However, they did not move. So he sat them around the circle of the fire pit and started speaking to them about being careful to not let their clothes catch on fire. But they did not move, and the dead men did not hear. Instead, they did let their rags burn from the stray embers of the fire, which was raging now from the strong gusts of wind. Fritz was suddenly overcome with anger and said, if you won't help yourself, then I can't either. And I won't let your stubborn ways cause a forest fire where I will burn too. 
So he hung them all back up again in the trees and sat back down by the fire and went to sleep. The next morning, the traveling man came to collect his money. Well, surely you know now what the creeps are, my boy. Um, no. How should I know, said Fritz. Those men up there were so cold, they wouldn't speak a word to me about it, and they let their ragged clothes catch on fire. I didn't learn a thing. They are deaf and stubborn as a tick on my dog's ear. The man went on his way saying goodbye and thinking to himself, I have never met a stranger young man on all of my journeys. He is quite the enigma. The boy also kept walking along the highway saying to himself, I wish I could get the creeps. Oh, I wish I could get the creeps. Soon he came upon a Tesla that was pulled off to the side of the highway. A man who looked a lot like Elon Musk was muttering to himself and kicking the tire. Noticing the boy, he called out. Who are you? I don't know, said the boy. Well, where are you from? I don't know, said Fritz. Who's your father then? Are you a runaway teen? You know teens go missing all the time out here. I'm not allowed to tell you anything, said Fritz. Hmm, I heard you talking to yourself, and I know you heard me talking to myself. I am just testing and trying to figure out how to lengthen the battery life on these beauties. Well, I can't help you with that. I don't care about cars. But I do want to get the creeps, and nobody is willing to teach me how. Oh, God. The heat has gotten to you, poor kid. Well, come along with me. We might as well find some dinner together and talk about your future. Noticing the boy might have a slight case of heat stroke, he also suggested that they find a place that also had rooms for the night. Settling on the Three Bears Diner with an upscale hotel close by, the man who looked like Elon Musk booked a room for the boy, and they both sat down to a hearty meal of stew and potatoes with a chocolate shake for dessert. Now, picking back up on our previous conversation, said the man, who kind of looked like Elon Musk, I know more about adventure than the creeps. If you ever are interested in visiting the planet Mars, just give me a call. And he handed Fritz his business card. But unfortunately, the boy could not read it. So he just shook his head in sorrow, thanked the man who kind of looked like Elon Musk politely for his generosity, and said he needed to learn about the creeps and would just keep looking. As he checked into his hotel room, the staff at the desk also heard Fritz saying out loud, If only I could get the creeps. If only I could get the creeps. If that is what you want for entertainment, we can certainly provide that for you, said the bellhop. Take this brochure about this haunted castle tour. Oh, don't scare the boy, the desk clerk said. We've had too many of our guests never check out, and many have mysteriously gone missing. I am not sure if they were too scared to stay in town, or actually perished at that attraction. Perhaps, said the bellhop. But I suspect the whitewater rafting trip has a much higher body count. Well, said Fritz, it doesn't matter to me which attraction I go to, as long as I'm guaranteed to get the creeps. 
The desk clerk, encouraged by his statement, continued saying, Okay, then, there is an amazing contest. If a brave man can last three nights alone in the castle and make it out alive, they will inherit a real fortune from a real king and win his eligible daughter for marriage. The brochure showed a smiling older man with a well-groomed beard and the most beautiful young lady he had ever seen under the sun. She had pearly white teeth, glossy long red hair, and beautiful sparkling green eyes. He was in love at first sight. Let me also confirm, said the bellhop. The brochure states that the treasures are enough to make a poor man rich, but the castle has been cursed and haunted with evil spirits causing many misfortunes and deaths, so nobody really believes the treasure is still there. In fact, the king and his daughter moved out ages ago and can no longer reside there due to the ghosts. It is a terrifying place to be, and I wouldn't want to go and get the creeps. Fritz was so excited he practically shouted, Perfect! That's why I left home to find fear and get the creeps! Fritz said goodnight and tucked himself into his comfortable king-sized bed for the night. He laid down the brochure on his night table since he couldn't read any of it anyway, and he turned off the light and drifted off to sleep. The next morning, the boy hailed an Uber and rode up to the gatehouse at the entryway of the castle grounds. He signed the guest register and waited for someone to sell him a ticket. The old man from the brochure in regal robes approached him, and Fritz said to him, Hi, King. You look very regal in your robes. If I could participate in the castle contest to win the treasure and your beautiful daughter, I would gladly spend money for a three-night stay. The king looked at him and said, You must be very brave and be willing to face fear for three consecutive nights to win. I have had many guests try and fail, but my daughter might like you. You are tall, brawny, and handsome. Here you go. And he handed Fritz a three-day pass. Before you stay here, you are allowed to request three things to take with you into the castle, but they must be lifeless objects. Okay, said Fritz. So this is just like the TV show Survivor. Will you also be filming me in the castle? Huh? Oh, never mind. I don't care. I would like a fire to keep me warm, a lathe, and a carpenter's bench with a sharp knife. The king smiled and stroked his beard and said, Well, technically, that is four things, but okay. And the lathe? I am getting a bit old and have forgotten what that is. It sounds a bit boorish. How about a latte machine instead? I find a tasty coffee is so good for keeping watch at night and keeping the creeps at bay. Fritz suddenly realized the old king was losing his marbles, or might be hard of hearing, so he spoke very slowly and clearly. No, kind sir, a lathe is a rotating machine used for rounding out objects. It's perfect for removing unwanted material and works well for shaping metal or wood. Ah, oh, thank you, yes. I will make sure you have one of those two at your disposal. Good luck, lad. 
The king had those items put into the lobby of the castle, and just before nightfall, Fritz went to the castle and made a grand fire in one of the old fireplaces, set up his carpenter bench with the knife on it, and sat down on the lathe. I am very excited to get the creeps tonight, Fritz said to himself, but I am worried I won't learn it here either. This place looks pretty ordinary to me. Toward midnight, he wanted to stoke the fire, and suddenly he heard screaming from a dark corner. That's the most annoying voice I've ever heard. <laughs> Thanks, Holly. You foolish demon cats! Stop your shrill screaming and come out and sit down by the fire. I'm not stopping you. Just as he commanded, two gigantic black demon cats with red eyes came jumping out of the darkness and sat down beside him, glaring fiercely at him with glowing red eyes. After a few minutes in the warmth, they said, Hey there, do you want to play some strip poker? Sure, I guess, but show me your paws first. They opened up their claws, and he examined them closely. Wow, your nails need a good clipping, I'd say. He grabbed them both by their necks and fastened their paws with his belt onto the carpenter's bench. As they lay there, hissing and fighting to keep their nails from being filed down, Fritz bent down and said, I knew you were up to no good, you sneaky demon cats. I have changed my mind. I will not play strip poker with you. Besides, you only have your collars on and would have lost anyway because I have so many more layers of clothes to discard in the game. But you, you had no intention of finishing the game, did you? You meant to kill me first, you demon cats. And then he beat them to death and threw them off the upstairs balcony into the murky pond, which resided just a few feet away from the castle. Satisfied that the demon cats were of no more bother to him, he sat back down by the fire. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw some more movement. Gigantic, black, ferocious dogs with huge teeth slobbering on glowing chains, leapt out at him from every corner of the room. They just kept coming and coming up from an invisible portal and he had nowhere to run. They howled and growled in fury, stomping into his fire, throwing the wood about and running about the room. Were they trying to get warm or put the fire out? He could not tell. He watched them calmly for a moment, but when their temper tantrums reached a feverish peak, he could no longer take it and took out his knife and yelled at them, Get out of here, you awful beasts! And he started swinging the knife at them. Some tried to run away, but others were not so lucky as Fritz swiped his knife and killed as many as he could stab on the way to the door. Gathering up the demon dogs, he tossed them over the balcony into the murky pond below. Fritz returned back downstairs to his place by the fire, adding back the wood that was thrown about and cleaned up the messy blood from the floor. As the night grew long, his eyes soon grew heavy with sleep, and as he looked around, noticed a nice comfy bed in the corner of the room. 
As he lay down and shut his eyes, the bed started to move by itself as if it were being carried about on four legs. Keep it up, said Fritz, thinking that this is the ride part of the amusement attraction. But can you go a little faster, please? The bed sped up, racing through all the rooms and up and down the stairs like it was on a racehorse. But as it flew down the stairs, it raised up and flipped over, crushing him underneath like a sandwich. Fritz was incredibly strong, though, and tossed up the mattress, climbing out from underneath, catching his breath, laughing, and gathered all the sheets and pillows to lay on the floor by the fire. There you go, he said to the mattress. You are now all ready for more riders to come and have fun bouncing about on you when I leave. He then promptly shut his eyes and fell asleep. The next morning, the king came to invite the boy to a continental breakfast at the hotel and found him lying on the ground still as stone. What a pity, he said to his daughter, who stared down at Fritz lying in the blanket. The ghost must have killed him, and he was such a pleasant fellow. Oh my, the daughter said. He is so beefy, hot, like those servicemen you once had many years ago working the gardens and taking care of my horses. I'm so very sad he's dead. Upon hearing this, Fritz woke up and said, But I am alive, and had such a great time, but not much sleep last night, winking and wiggling his eyebrows at the king's daughter, who blushed and giggled at his flirtatious behavior. The king was astonished that he was in such high spirits without a scratch on him. Very well, we look forward to having you back at the castle tonight. Everyone at the hotel was surprised to see Fritz in such a good mood at breakfast. I never expected to see you alive again, exclaimed the front desk clerk. Have you learned about the creeps yet? No, said Fritz. It's of no use. Nothing will give me them. If only I could be taught what they are. That night, he was ready for round two at the castle, and as he sat down by the fire, he kept wistfully saying, if only I could know fear and get the creeps. Midnight struck, and he heard a lot of rumbling coming from the chimney. Worried that there might be a chimney fire, he got up to check it out, and out tumbled half a man right out of the chimney at his feet. Hey, there is half missing. Wow, that is not normal. But before he could comment on anything else... Another loud rumbling echoed from the chimney, and the other half of the man came tumbling out. Okay, said Fritz, just wait right here, and I will get the fire going better for you. Hang on. After he did that, the boy turned around and saw that the two pieces of the man had joined together, and he was staring at a hideous, gruesome figure sitting in his former place. Hey, get off my bench, sir. That is not the agreement I had with the king. This bench is mine to use. A shoving match ensued, and Fritz, being so extra beefy and strong, easily pushed him off to the floor and sat back down on his bench. Suddenly, more men came rumbling and tumbling one after each other out of the chimney, carrying with them nine dead men's bones and two dead men's skulls, setting them all up to play a game of nine pins. The boy, growing very bored of staring at the fire, asked if he could also join in on the bowling. 
Fritz also joked out loud about the glow of the fire making it kind of similar to cosmic bowling. The men all agreed as long as Fritz had money to play, he could join them. I have money, of course, but your balls are all wobbly. What's wrong with our balls? They always work just fine in the past. We've had no complaints. Well, they aren't round. Normal balls are round. The men all grumbled. Our, Our balls, balls are, are nice and, and smooth, and, and that is what, what really matters. But Fritz ignored them and took the two skulls, putting them into the lathe, and turned them back and forth until they were nice and round. Hooray! There you go, Fritz said. They will roll faster, and you will see. The game will be so much better for you. Hooray! They all shouted. Let's get started, guys. They all had a great time, and Fritz did lose some money, but when the clock rang midnight, everything disappeared before his eyes, and he lay back down and fell asleep in his bundle of pillows and blankets. The next morning, the king came up to check on Fritz. Hello there, lad. Tell me the horrors you have been through last night. Well, I bowled several games of nine pins and lost a few twenties, but damn, I haven't had that much fun since my brother and I went cow tipping last summer. Pardon me, but what, pray tell, is cow tipping? Said the king. Oh, wow, thought Fritz. This ignorant king doesn't know an urban legend when he hears one. How is it he has ever run a kingdom? Well, good king, cows sleep standing up and you can just tap them on the side and they will fall over on the grass. It's hilarious. What an odd fellow, thought the king. And those poor cows. We will have to keep him away from our horses and livestock. The third night at the castle, Fritz once again sat on his bench in front of the fire, saying quite sadly, If only I could get the creeps. A small tear wetted his cheek as he prayed for his wish to come true. I just want to know fear, and I'm losing hope. When it grew very late, six huge men came in the front door, dancing and carrying a coffin. Fritz immediately got to his feet and exclaimed, Oh, that must be the kind bellhop who I heard had a sudden heart attack yesterday. From exerting himself with the heavy bags, he carried for a giant visiting from fairy tale land. I am sad that I tipped him so poorly, but I can't change the past now. Let me see him, please and he went over and lifted the lid. There was the bellhop lying inside, and as Fritz went to lean down, he noticed his skin was cold and blue as ice. He tried everything to warm him up by rubbing his warm hands over him and then lifting him out and carrying him over to the fire. But no matter what he did, the blood would not circulate and his face remained blue as ice. Fritz remembered a story he heard about two people surviving a cold winter without heat by lying in bed together and cuddling up naked under the covers. So he carried the man over to the bed, covered him up, and laid down spooning him in a nice naked bear hug. After a while, the dead man began to move. Fritz happily whispered in his ear, You see, my friend, I have warmed you up, and now I can tip you properly. And with that, he folded a 20 and slipped it between his cheeks. In outrage, the bellhop turned and shouted at Fritz. Ah, what the fuck? No, get off of me, you creepy pervert. I am 
going to strangle you. But first, give me another 20 and, and put your pants back on for heaven's sake. Fritz was shocked by the lack of gratitude and promptly hoisted him up onto his beefy back and threw him back into his coffin, locking down the lid with a heavy thud. The six men returned and carried the coffin away, dancing in uniform as they went with him back down the hill. The boy was very distraught now and said, Alas, woe is me. It doesn't matter how long I live. It seems I will never get the creeps. But just then, a large, old, ghastly monster of a man with a long white beard appeared and said, Oh, you worthless boy. You will surely know what the creeps are because you are about to die. Not so fast, said Fritz. If I'm about to die, you will have to catch me first. Don't worry about it. I will for sure get you, said the monster. Have you seen how big and beefy I am, old man? I am just as strong, if not stronger, than you. We'll just have to see. Come on, laddie, let's go. Yeah, let's go. He followed the man down into the bottom of the castle, where an old tool shop and work area had long been forgotten. He picked up an axe and drove it right through a concrete block. I can do even better than you. And he went to the other large block as the man drew close to watch him, with his long beard hanging down. The boy grabbed the axe and split the block in two with one blow simultaneously catching the man's long beard in the middle. Ha! It seems you are caught by me, and it's your turn to die, you monster! He picked up a heavy iron nearby and beat the old man senseless until he cried out in pain, begging in anguish for Fritz to stop beating him. Stop it! Stop this instant, you fool! And I promise if you let me live, I will give you the great treasure stored here in this castle. Fritz helped the old man up and followed him into a hidden passage under what looked like the library. There he showed him three full chests of gold. Fritz was mesmerized. Oh, wow. Um... Do you think I could exchange some of this for some cryptocurrencies? I think our money system is going digital very soon. Well, I don't know. I think it would be wise to keep some gold. Precious metals is a much safer investment, but I am not a financial advisor. I'm sorry. It's okay, old man. Thanks. And, um, sorry about beating the crap out of you, but you did sign up to play this character, so, I mean, that is just part of the on-the-job hazards. The man grunted out loud and said, One of the chests you should give to the poor, the second to the king, and the third you should keep for yourself. But let me remind you, I am not a financial advisor or ambassador of the king, so you can really do whatever you want. But nobody needs that much gold, just saying. Just then, the clock struck midnight, and the ghost of the old monster man vanished, leaving Fritz standing in the pitch darkness of the castle. After several hours of groping in the dark passageways and touching the occasional spiderweb and rat, he finally made it back to his bed, where he fell asleep by the fire. In the morning, the king arrived and greeted him with welcoming arms, saying, my brave son, you saved my castle from many years of evil spirits and found my lost fortune. 
Fritz shared a chest of gold with the king, and the man wept for joy. Because of your bravery and intelligence, we will now be able to move back in and restore the grounds and castle to its former splendor. The king's daughter, smitten with Fritz's beefy strong arms and sparkling blue eyes, insisted they be married at once. And a huge celebratory marriage feast was thrown, and his fame traveled throughout the many towns, including his former childhood home with his father and brother. Hearing of his young son's sudden fortune, Fritz's father and brother traveled to the castle to claim a relative's portion of status and wealth. But Fritz had told the king and his new wife he had no family, they were all dead. So his father and brother were abruptly turned away at the gate. Fritz and his wife were madly in love and had a blissful honeymoon and several years of happiness until his wife started complaining about his mumbling. You see, Fritz was still talking to himself and saying at all hours of the day, if only I could get the creeps, if only I could get the creeps. She confided in her hairdresser one day that even though she loved her husband, he was annoying the fuck out of her and his mumbling needed to stop. Oh, well that is easy. I know the perfect thing you can do, my dear princess. That very afternoon, she and her hairdresser went to the creek down in the center of the city and gathered up a bucket full of minnows. Waiting until her husband fell soundly asleep, the princess gently turned down the covers and dumped the bucket full of fish and cold water all over her husband. Ah! Oh, God! Help! Help! Eek! Screamed Fritz as he couldn't see in the dark and as all the little fish flopped and flipped, slithering over his body and into his pajamas. Shivering and shaking, Fritz jumped out of bed to get the slimy things off him. Yikes! I know! I know now what the creeps are! Help! Help me! As he frantically spun around and headed to the balcony. The princess, excited by his learning what fear was, jumped for joy and clapped her hands. Fritz, surprised by this trick his wife played on him, lost his balance and tumbled over the balcony into the murky pond below. The princess, overcome with grief and the unfortunate turn of events, leaned out over the balcony hoping to see her husband. But sadly, Fritz never learned to swim. Instead, she heard a shrill meowing and a voice coming from the pond. There you are, you horrible lad! How about a game of poker? The end. <laughs> so the cats got him in the end. Yes, justice. Nice. <laughs> great. That's a great story. My gosh. So, yeah, it had all the elements of a creepy, haunted story. He uh, it did, and he just didn't know what, he just couldn't get scared. I know. Poor guy. Which probably wouldn't translate to any of our listeners because they listen to this show for the fear factor. I right? know that totally they do. <laughs> That's exactly why they're listening. Um, but, you know, I, I did switch the ending up in the original Grimm fairy tale i mean it's amazing how much of this is originally grim really? uh in the in the original tale what parts did you add i'm thinking I just the crypto and the elon musk yeah <laughs> i just kind of modernized it a bit um mm -hmm. the crypto the the stuff that are is kind of clearly modernized i did that and i i switched up the ending because 
in the ending, it didn't create justice. It just said, and they lived happily ever after, you know, in marital bliss. So he never did find out what fear was. No, he did. Oh, he but did. they lived happily oh, ever. But after. they lived happily. So she didn't. He didn't fall off the balcony. He that didn't part die. He made up. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. He didn't okay. die. He just kind of was like, oh, I know what it is, and they lived happily ever after. So the minnows did it. The minnows did it. <laughs> That's funny. Who knew fish would be so <laughs> scary? <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening, thank- and be sure to tune in uh, next week. All right, another you guys. scary story. Scary. See you next week. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.